Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Memoirs Through a Blind Woman's Eyes, and yep, it's that time of year again, New Year's Eve Memoir 2020. Boy oh boy, has this year just been absolutely crazy shit. <laughs> As you will soon discover how crazy this year has actually been, you know, with toward the beginning of the year having all the quarantining and everything going on with coronavirus and ugh, you know, never thought this year would come to a close, but started off so slow. But within all that, you know, thinking back, there's still a lot of positive. I'm still here. I still have my friends, you know. I have my little reborn family who I love dearly. You know, God has blessed me richly this year like he did last year. Of course, in different ways, but, you know, it's still a wonderful time to just pause and count your many blessings one by one because you never know when life will throw you a curveball and take you away. You know, this year has taught me a lot. You know, be thankful for what you do have, you know? I have all my friends, Steve and, you know, and Jesse and Rhonda Del Baccio, my friend who's a medium, Doug, Carl, you know, Lulu and Nicole, Brian, Brad, their husbands, you know, Nancy and Kurt and Luke, Nyana, Evelyn and Olivia, you know, all of my friends that I'm so grateful to have, my friends on Twitter that I've never met, you know, there's so many people to be grateful for, you know, those who have risked their lives this year, you know, the medical staff who've put their lives on the line all year, every year they put their lives on the line facing these diseases and these trying times like this, you know? So let's just stop. Stop complaining about the negatives that's happened and contact these people somehow, you know, and, and thank them. You see your doctor, thank him for what he does or she does. Your nurses, your dentists, everyone that has been, that's there to help you. You know, just thank everybody. You know, policemen, firemen, they risk their lives every day. So, you know, let's stop this year and think. Stop and think, guys. Because if you're still here, you survived this thing. It's because of the people risking their lives and because of you, you know, following instructions. When you were told, stay home, you stayed home. You know, we're here celebrating Christmas with our friends and family. We are here living life to the fullest. And to those who lost loved ones, you know, brand new couple, you know, that just got married not even two years ago, earlier this year, Joe Diffie lost his life to COVID-19. You know, a lot of people lost their lives to this terrible, terrible virus. And my heart goes out to all of them, you know, all their families. 
people that survived it, thank God you did. So let's stop, take a breath, and thank God that we're all still here, those of us that are. Stop and think of those who lost loved ones and say a prayer for them this New Year's Eve. Take care of yourselves. Stay safe on the roads out there, everybody. I want to see you back here next year. So please, happy new year. Stay safe. Be careful. I love you guys. And God bless. January started off pretty cool. We streamed Left 4 Dead in <laughs> as usual. You know, Riley goes nuts, L4D, hell yeah. Started off, you know, we streamed it, you know, a custom campaign, which was a total freaking blast. You know, and the game crashed on us, of course, because it wanted to be crazy game and be like you know what you two need to get the hell to bed go 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 to bed already just go to bed what the hell go go away leave me alone you know but you know we got that done you know streamed it and of course motivational mondays continued you know because those were going to work go until mid-february so did those you know, and it was, it was pretty fun, you know, working on those. But, I mean, I had them all pre-recorded, which, of course, the 20th was a bitch. Because that was the one talking about suicide and how I had, you know, gotten through suicide. Which was a rough one to record. It was, it was, it was a toughie. It really was. And, you know, it was going pretty slow at first. You know, typical January. Usually starts off pretty slow. You know, the weather wasn't severely bad. I mean, it was cold, but it wasn't, you know, snow everywhere. You know, there was maybe a little bit of snow here and there, but not too bad. But, you know, Steve and I had been discussing possibly him maybe coming up in February if, you know, the weather held off, you know, because we, we didn't want anything bad to happen to him or anything like that, because he was going to go out to California in March, for the birth of his second granddaughter. And at the time they didn't have a name picked or anything like that. So they weren't sure what, what they were going to name her or anything. But, you know, we were talking about that. You know, him possibly coming up. He wasn't sure if he was going to get to. Because, you know, he wasn't sure what the weather was going to be. So I was I was hoping he'd get it come up. I was really, really hoping because... I really wanted to see my friend. I really did. I, I really wanted to see him because, you know, he hadn't seen my reborns. And by this time I had six. You know, I had Sierra and Josiah who I'd gotten in, I believe, November. Or no, October. I got them in October right after Emmanuel came. He was the first one I got. Then, because I had Emmanuel David, then I had Sierra Hope and Josiah Emmanuel. I got them together. Then in November, I got Emily Jade and Carmen Nevea. 
And then in December, I got Christian Michael, my little boy. You know, he was my last one to come. He was my Christmas baby for last year. You know, and I, I was really excited because I wanted so badly to show Steve. I couldn't wait to show him my kids because he wanted to see them. You know, and Jesse, he had gone off to go to a trip in January as well. That, of course, I'm not going to be, I'm not at liberty to talk about that much because, you know, he's under NDA, which he didn't discuss much with me because of that. So, but, you know, he went to a, basically, all I can say is it was a Microsoft event. You know, and he did a little bit of work with them and stuff like that, helping him with some stuff. But other than that, that's all I can say because that's all I know. So that's all he's at liberty to say. But, um, you know, we did that. And like I said, January was kind of, you know, I mean, it was fun when I, you know, I was here and I did my stuff. You know, he went for, for his trip and everything. And I did my thing with that. And he went to an overnight trip for his work and everything with a, for a transition thing, which, you know, I hung out, did some things here at the apartment and just recorded and did some other stuff. I also got to meet his friend, Chris Valeski. Hi, Chris, who also is now following the memoirs. And so he gets to see the real <laughs> craziness of me, <laughs> but met him and he's cool you know he was he was making wise cracks you know we were joking around I remember one of my favorite jokes he did it was so funny because we was poking fun at some of me and Jesse's old jokes from old streams and I said yeah Jesse was making a wise crack Chris he goes oh I said oh yeah he says wouldn't you want to be in the tunnel of love with a nice big tank and Chris is like no 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 not the tank wrong one Jesse god what's wrong with you you know giving him shit and I'm sitting there laughing. He goes, no. He's like, the smoker. She should have been in there with the smoker. You know, his big old long tongue pulling her in close. <laughs> I was like, Christopher. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It was so funny, though, because I, I had to laugh because it was just, it was so funny. Cause, and then Jesse's like, oh, like, really? <laughs> you know, he didn't appreciate that joke too much. But it, I thought it was pretty funny. I thought it was pretty funny because it was just like the way he said it, it was, it did crack me up. It was just funny as shit. But then January ends on a high note. And I mean, <laughs> that morning, you know, I was up early. Jesse had gone off to work. Typical day, you know, just normal, typical day. And I'm like, you know, what the hell? Why not? You know, it's, it's just a typical day, you know, just your typical cold winter day, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I wasn't doing much and I was just kick back jam into stuff and I go on Twitter about four o'clock four thirty something like that and I see that my friend Zach from Wow Such Gaming he tweeted I got a follow from at Turtle Rock hell yeah and I'm like oh, Turtle Rock as in the Turtle Rock no way you know that was exactly what was going through my head was like really 
they're on here? I got wound up and I quickly went in and I fucking followed them, right? Not thinking anything of it. I go in and I reply, oh, congratulations, Zach. You know, just congratulating him first. Not thinking of myself at all. Because I'm not like Mr. Ego Trip that I mentioned in last year's memoir. I wasn't thinking of myself and I wrote, thanks for tweeting this. I'm so glad you did that. I didn't realize they were even on here. So then... I go in and I posted how much I liked Left 4 Dead, you know, telling them how much I love the game. And I said, even though I can't play it, now, mind you, I wasn't trash talking Turtle Rock for it, the game not being accessible because that is the worst thing to do to a developer. You don't do that. And I've said this to people a million fucking times. You don't do that shit to people. You just don't do it. And so I'm sitting there and I said, you know, I can't play it, unfortunately, but I said I still love it anyway, and I told him why. I told him about the witch sound effect, you know, and all the audio cues and all the special infected noises that they make. I said, that helps me to know who's coming. I said, sometimes even before someone else does. You know, so I thanked him for it, you know, and I, I told him how much I loved Left 4 Dead, you know. Well, get home, Jesse gets home, and I said, I'm going to warn you, we got to talk. And he goes, uh-oh. I said, no, it's not what you think. I said, but if I go nuts, here's what happened. And I told him about Zack and Turtle Rock. And I said, and I replied to him about something. I told him about Left 4 Dead. I didn't give him the details of what the game did for me, but I just told him how much I loved it. And he goes, oh, wow. You did it? I'm like, yep, I did it. Well, I go in and I look. And it started off, they liked my tweets that I did. And I was like, oh, wow, sweet. Then they replied to my tweet, which is all I thought they would, ever, would, would do. And they said, oh, you are a champion. And I was like, which I will never see the Queen song, We Are the Champions, the same again because of them saying that. But, because every time I hear it now, I think of that. But they were sitting there and they, they replied. Then I see that they followed me on Twitter. And I'm telling you guys, you actually have the actual footage on here where I did it back in January. I was, I was sitting there and recording it, you know, and I just, I broke down in tears. And <laughs> as I had planned last year, I ended last year, as I had mentioned that I was planning on recording this memoir in January and going month by month, but that didn't kind of happen because a lot of shit went down and I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. I just didn't have the, you know, everything was going down and I wasn't even concentrating at the time because at that time there was something going on overseas that was kind of, uh, yeah, getting to me a little bit. Didn't realize how bad it would get to me for till a few months later. But I was hearing about something going on overseas and I was getting a little bit um, concerned because I believe this happened starting in January, mid, late January, but really started hitting in February. But that was on my mind. And like I said, you know, all the stuff happening, planning Steve's trip up here, hoping to see him and, you know, all of that stuff happening. Then comes crazy February. And you'll hear what happens next. Mm -hmm.
February started out pretty good. You know, we started with our stream of doom on February 1st. You know, and we started with that. I worked with Steve and we got a Valentine's Day box done. And I had gotten Jesse chocolate covered cashews, salted cashews, chocolate covered honey roasted peanuts and paydays. You know, did all that for him. And he got me these ginormous dark chocolate strawberries. And I mean huge strawberries. And they were dark chocolate and they had these great big old stripes going down the sides of them. They were huge, really thick chocolate. And I mean huge. And uh, so that was going on. And we were still trying to get Steve to come up. You know, we, me and him were still trying to, you know, talking about planning things, you know, making things, um, making things work. We, you know, we were hoping that things would work, you know, cause I really wanted to hang out with him and stuff like that. Wanted to see him, you know, cause it was kind of. let's just say things were kind of falling apart and I knew things were falling apart and I just wanted a, you know, a break, you know, and to get out and do things. And I didn't know what was going to happen. I, I didn't. And at that time I knew, you know, things were just falling apart in our relationship. I mean, it was just, it was, it was falling apart. And, you know, so I, I just, I didn't know what was going to happen. And so I was like, well, I'm hoping Steve will come up, you know, and, and, you know, Steve has, you know, didn't have a clue what was going on. And so he came up, you know, we were planning on it anyway. And I was thinking he's going to come up. We're going to have fun. We're going to have a blast. You know, that's what I was hoping for. And the time we were hearing about this thing happening in Italy and China and you know it was bad and I'm like damn I hope this stays away from here Ugh, you know because at the time it wasn't hitting over here yet so I was like thank god hopefully it stays away I mean if it was it was real lightly at first at first <clears throat> yeah at first so we're sitting there and we're, you know, I'm hoping to see my friend and everything. And at that same time, I was talking to my friend, Nicole, the one bright spot in February. I was talking to my friend, Nicole, and she was telling me about her little boy, Oscar. And she goes, I hope I don't freak you out. But she said, Oscar is a little zombie. And I went, really? Aww. You know, and in my mind, I'm thinking, you'd think I was weird. You know, that's what I was thinking. I'm thinking, because I was thinking something at that time, because I had to start a podcast in November, I believe it was. Yeah, I had to start a podcast because YouTube, of course, did their COPA thing and they did their protecting kids. So they think reborns or child toys because they're dolls. So I had to do a a um, podcast rather than a YouTube channel. And I had to think of content because all I can do with the, the six that I have 
is I had to basically, I can, all I can do is change them and do some, you know, crazy role play with them and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, well, I've got to think of something and fast. Otherwise, I don't want to lose my following. What little following I might have, I don't want to lose it. I want to make it a little more inter entertaining. Well, when Nicole made the comment to me, I said, well, how could I think you're weird? I said, if I did, I'd be a hypocrite, Nicole. She goes, whoa, what do you mean? Back up, what? I said, well, I actually was thinking about getting a baby zombie myself. I said, but this zombie isn't necessarily a zombie. They call them zombies in the game, but they're not necessarily really zombies. They're, they're mutated humans. And she goes, really? I said, yeah. And I explained to her about Left 4 Dead. She goes, aw. She goes, you should call Jamie. You should contact Jamie. And she said, have her. See what she could do. Maybe she could make them for you. And I'm like, really? She goes, yeah, you should contact Jamie and see if she could make them for you. That'd be so cool. And I'm like, okay. You know, and I was kind of hesitant because, I mean, I don't, certain people I don't know, I don't want to tell them, you know, certain things because they think I was crazy. She goes, she won't. She makes alternative babies, Riley. She won't think you're weird at all. So I go in and I text her on Messenger, on Facebook Messenger, and I start telling her about Left for Dead, and I explained it to her. Well, sure enough, she replied back to me. Sure, let me do some research on them. And she gave me a price saying that she could make them. And I was like, oh, my God. So I'm telling Steve about it, right? And Steve goes, you know what? When I come up, I'm going to help you get one. And I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. I'm going to help you get one of them. And I mean, I literally almost lost it. And I'm like, because he knows what Left 4 Dead did. And so he wanted to help me get one. He goes, I'm going to help you. And I was like, that is so cool. You know, and... So I told her that I'd have the cash for her that following week because he was coming up. And I was so excited. I couldn't wait to see him. And he got here, you know, and my, my troubles just faded away. And went down, Carrie and Josiah opened the door. He used Messenger, of course. Opened the door. He got to see Josiah. And uh, comes in. He you know, gets everything ready, and we ended up going to sleep, and we, we get up, you know, and I started going around, and I went around and got a few outfits for, you know, him, got him a couple things, got something for my set of twins that I was going to order as well, and I was so excited, because I'm, you know, I wanted to do something for my birthday, you know, he was going to do something with me for my birthday, because, you know, I just wanted wanted that time to have a boatload of fun, you know, and so we went to the Mall of America three days, walked around with Christian, Emily, and Joseph, uh, Karma, took all three of them, and so we went and we took them to different places, went to B-dubs with three of them, you know, we did, I went to, I tried to go to a karaoke, which didn't end up working because the music just bleh, <laughs> Oh my God, it was bad. It was just bad. You guys, the music was just like, you know, just like cell phone garbling. And, oh God. And then sometimes it would stop halfway through and it was like, oh dear Lord, really? 
you know, it was, it was ugly. It was really ugly. It was not good. And so, you know, I was sitting there and I was like, Jesus Christ, this is bad. You know, so we, we left there and, you know, went to Outback for my birthday meal. You know, me and Steve did. And we had a boatload of fun. You know, I took a picture of Emily with this great big huge cookie in her mouth. Of course, you know, with her being a doll, I didn't bite the cookie, you know, because I didn't want to start eating the cookie. Because otherwise she'd have crumbs in her mouth. And then I'd have to use my finger and put my finger in her mouth. Not that she has saliva all over the place, but... You know, I decided, what the hell, we're just going to do it this way. And I let the cookies cool, and then I held this cookie in her mouth, and I had her holding onto it. Again, like I said, though, before, with her being a doll, I had to help her hold the cookie up. So I was holding up, helping her hold this cookie, because she has hands where she can actually put her, put her between her finger and her thumb, and she can hold it. So I was holding this cookie in her mouth, and Steve got a picture of her, this ginormous cookie. <laughs> and then got a picture of Karma, my little black girl, with pina colada smoothie in her mouth you know my I had an orange Julius you know and I had a pina colada smoothie of course it wasn't alcohol so you know before anybody gets any weird ideas there was no liquor in it and so then I got a picture of Christian and he was hanging on to the um standing there with his hands on the railing you know you could look over the side look down below at the mall of America Christian was looking over the side at the Mall of America and he was pounding on the railing with his hands as I was dancing to Rolling in the Deep by Adele with this band playing it. And um, got pictures of him in the car seats and stuff like that because we borrowed a car seat. And, you know, we I changed Karma in Target, got her this really pretty red outfit with a heart on it you know, Valentine's Day outfit and, you know, got to do that, which was so fun, you know, getting to, to and, I, and I felt like a parent, even though they aren't real, it, it felt parent, you know, parental because, you know, what do a parent, what does a parent do? They have to stand out in the cold, put their kid in the car seat. They have to, you know, stand out in the cold and get them out of the car seat. You know, I felt parental. You know, I felt like a parent because that's what I was doing. I was putting them in, taking them out. You know, it was so much fun. You know, getting to do things with them and hold them and carry them around and stuff like that was so much fun. It really was a lot of fun. You know, and we went to the store, got a few things, went to Fresh Time and got more cashew butter and peanut butter and apples and um, bananas. Apples and bananas. Sorry. <laughs> oh here I go again <laughs> start crazy <laughs> but um did all that stuff got some more caramelettes got more chocolate yummy yummy gummy bears yum yum love them damn things addictive addictive yum anyway and you know and then I had made a decision in March because I was going to have him stream one game but we ended up switching it for our anniversary in March. And March, oh boy, March. We will talk about that next.
Well, March started off with a mixer stream of doom again. It was going to be dusk. Like I said, I, I switched it because I did it for Carl because Carl was a huge doom fan, still is. But Carl, you know, he was, he was sighted and used to play doom a lot. Well, he lost his vision. And so I was like, you know what? Not, so I talked to Jesse about it in February and we, we decided, sure, we'll switch it. So, you know, it started off on a good note, you know, you know, we streamed Doom, you know, and it was, it was fun. You know, it was a blast. But like I said, our relationship was in turmoil because there was no, we, we never hardly talked or anything. It was just like, blah, you know, when we came home, it was just like, Neh. you know, and so it was, it was total turmoil. And at the same time, you know, my birthday was two days later. Nothing happened. Came home on my birthday and, well, first thing, first things first. Got up in the morning, found a message from my brother, Tim, which he always gives me shit on my birthday. He sends me fireworks because he knows I hate fireworks. But he sent me that message and I'm like, little bro, little big bro, really? Haha, ha, you're funny. Old man, you know, giving him shit. And then I go on to my other page and see that Diane actually had the nerve to send me a message, believe it or not, on my birthday. Hi, happy birthday, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, are you a sick lady? Nothing for Christmas last year, nothing for Thanksgiving last year. Holy fuck, you even, okay, wow, that surprises me, okay. That's, that's different, okay, I wasn't ready for that, you know. So I tell him, uh -huh. Maybe I shouldn't have. Because then he comes home and he doesn't even talk. Just like, hi. It's like, oh shit. She's, 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 oh God. You know? And so we did nothing on my birthday. I got nothing for my birthday. It was just, it was just another day. Like nothing had even happened. And I'm like, well, damn. Okay. That's a hint. That's so far a hint. And so I was like, okay. You know, and by this time, you know, people were buying up all the toilet paper, buying up all the hand sanitizer, buying up this and that and this and that. Because this coronavirus thing that we heard about in last in the last segment was now moving like wildfire across the world, spreading like mad. So people were freaking out and they were buying up everything. And, you know, people were starting to stay home from work. They were starting to cancel things. You know, the baseball season had gotten postponed. You know, uh, the Olympics, they were talking about postponing them. And, I mean, all, all this stuff was getting just slammed. All, NBA had stopped their season completely because a player had tested positive. Um, hockey had stopped their soccer. I mean, everybody was stopping everything. The Live Nation had canceled tours. I mean, everything was just – and I'm like, what the hell? I had never seen anything like this. I mean, it just freaked me out. Like, holy fuck, man. You know, and Steve had gone to Cali. And by that time, you know, his, his granddaughter, Olivia, was born, you know, and I was just like, holy hell, you know, here, my relationship's in turmoil, this shit's going down. And it was to the point where, you know, I felt that I couldn't bring up certain things, as you guys seen on, on episodes earlier this year. I just felt that I couldn't talk about Left for Dead. I couldn't talk about Doom because of what they did, because it just made him upset, you know, and I just, I was just like, okay, this is just not ending well at all. Well, on March 20th, the day Doom Eternal comes out, we broke up. 
never thought I would say on a podcast or even mention on an audio journal that I my relationship ended but it did in March you know we broke up the day Doom Eternal came out the day the game series that saved my life the day the newest installment comes out me and my boyfriend break up and it was it was I'm not gonna lie it was rough to do it but I knew I had to you know and we didn't announce it of course on Twitter because of course we were quarantined together because now he was at home from work and you know he made his office in his bedroom and I would do my thing out here in the middle room you know and I told him I said look I said you don't have to do the thing on the first if you don't want to you don't have to I mean it's not a thing where you have to if you don't want me to chat moderate I won't if you don't want me to I said everything that you know if you don't want to work on a4g anymore that's fine whatever happens happens you know I I don't I'm not going to force anything on you you know and we we had decided that we weren't announcing it till May and I was like I'm not telling anybody you know I'm I'm not not going to tell anybody because you know being quarantined together that way you know which this is the exact thing my family was hoping for was that we wouldn't make it you know they were hoping that we wouldn't make it and it's it's really sad that it ended it really is sad that it ended but like I said I think all my baggage all my everything that I've ever did you know, because he sent me this memo saying, you know, the most honest thing you ever told me was if things don't change that you're leaving. And it, it made me feel like everything else I ever told him. And I told him this on the, the breakup memoir. I said, it's like everything else I told you was a fucking lie. And I'm not the type of person to sit there and lie about stuff. I was doing that to scare the crap out of somebody. To make somebody think, you know, about things. And I, I thought, I was honestly hoping it would scare the crap out of him and make him think for a minute. But it didn't. And so we ended. And after that, it was like communication kicked in. There was a lot more communication. We started talking a lot more like we would be better off as friends. You know, he would talk to me, invite me to come in and, and listen to games. And, you know, there was a lot more communication than there wasn't when we were together. You know, in the last couple of months, it was like we were complete strangers in the same house. You know, and was upset over the reborn thing. And just, and I'm like, dude, I'm sorry that that upsets you. I'm sorry that, you know, my collection bothers you. Because, I mean, it's what I do. I love them. Because I'm not going to be a real mother. I'm not going to put a child through that. And you yourself didn't want kids. But I still want that mother experience, even though it isn't real. And besides, I never could be a kid and play with a doll. When I was a kid, I was always playing with Tonka trucks and cars and Legos and Lincoln logs and Jenga, you know, Jenga, whatever. But I mean, it's like I was always playing with boy stuff. I was never allowed to be a girl. And you know, it was just, you know, it was bad. It was just so bad. And, 
you know, and like I said, all this corona crap started, you know, and I was worried because my friend, you know, they got put on lockdown. I thought, oh, great, now I might not get my twins, <laughs> you know, because now it's like, God dang, this is all going to hell. You know, and it was like, I just felt like my world was crashing down. And, you know, having, like I said, having memoirs was my only refuge. Because by that time, Motivational Monday had stopped because February was, I think, the last one. And I had my break till next month, till April. And I was... It was just devastating. I mean, the only thing I had to look forward to at all was my conversations with my friends, you know, because my relationship was gone. And, you know, all my friends, you know, I could talk to them, but of course I didn't tell them anything because I didn't say anything to nobody. The only thing I was looking forward to was my baby, special infected zombies on the way, and my little twins. You know, and I couldn't, you know, it was it was depressing. I'm not gonna lie, it was depressing because it was just so sad. It was it was one of the saddest months I've ever lived in my life. You know, it kind of reminded me. The only difference was again. The only difference was yes, it was deep deep depression. But I didn't have horrible thoughts like I did before because I had L4D to keep me company. Yeah, I'll say it. <laughs> I had L4D. I had my little ones. You know, that's the only thing that was different. You know, now I had all of those that kept me company before. That kept me out of it. But it was pretty... It was rough. I'm not gonna lie. March sucked ass. You know, March really sucked ass. I mean, Doom Eternal, getting to have that in my life, getting, you know, to hear that. I mean, hell, even on my one year anniversary as an advocate, he didn't even say the words congratulations, rightly. I mean, it was like, good God, really? I mean, even Mr. Ego told me congratulations. Of course, I had to let him know I shouted him out on the podcast to get one, but jeesh, I mean, he even said it. Like I said, if you if you give him a if you blow smoke up his ass, he's he's like, hey, yay! You know, he's all excited for you. But you gotta blow smoke up his ass first. You know, it's pretty sad. You know, and and like I said, getting to play with the kiddos and do stuff with the kiddos and just, I mean, having them around and trying to get. I was trying to get a lot of episodes for that podcast up because it didn't have many, you know, and I was trying to do something to keep my mind off of it. It was to the point where I spent an extra 21 bucks a month just to get a freaking Audible membership because Corona had me so fucking <clears throat> down in the dumps because Corona sucks ass. And I'm talking the virus, not the beer. I could drink the beer any day. But Corona just had me so down in the dumps. And then, you know, going, dealing with the coronavirus, dealing with a breakup. I mean, it was just, I was thinking to myself, Lord, can this get any better? Can it just get better? That's really what was going through my mind was, Lord, 
please let this get better. Please, 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 please let some good things happen. And you know what? You know, it was, it was, it was rough. It, it, March really did take a toll. You know, it really did. You know, but I got to talk to my niece, Natalie, that month, too. You know, and I did send Diane a birthday message, you know, being nice. Even though I didn't really have to be. But I, I was a bigger person, and I sent her a message. You know, I, I was. I was nice to her. Sent her a message. And, you know, got to talk to my niece, Natalie. And she it's, and it's pretty sad, you guys. It's pretty sad that, that a 14-year-old is like... <laughs> Our family's just fucking fake. You know? She's like, our family is just fake. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. You know, got to talk to Hunter. You know, my little niece. Via text. You know, she sent me text messages and stuff. Didn't get to talk to her on my birthday. Because she... I don't know. She must have been busy that night or something. I don't know what happened. But, yeah. But... Yeah, and then Rhonda, my friend, she got she sent me a thing for my birthday. She sent me bubble bath and body lotion and some bath bombs and something else too. But I don't know what the heck it was. Oh, and a bar of soap. But. Yeah, I wanted to go just put that one in here because it was birthday gift, so I'll just throw that one in here. It came in April, but still, I'll just throw that in this month because why not? But, you know, I'm getting to talk to her a while and stuff like that, talking about possible podcasts and stuff like that. It was it was a boatload of fun, you know, to talk to her and keep my mind off stuff. You know, but... I was sitting there knowing that this, you know, this was going to happen, you know, and, and I, I tried to hold it off till May, like I said in the breakup episode, I tried to hold it off till May, because I wanted hair left for dead one last time, and I told him that, I said, I tried my damnedest to hold it off, because I just didn't want to do it yet. <laughs> But I said everything was just going to hell in a handbasket. And I just decided to get it over with. I just had to get it over with. I mean, and like I said, March was awful. March sucked ass. The only positives in it were, you know, getting updates on my special infected reborn baby doll. And, you know, and the lady, that was also the month that the lady said that she wanted to make me a third one. Hell yeah, honey. Go for it. I'll take three of them. Hell yeah. You know, and talking to her about the witch, you know, because she wanted to make me a baby witch. Because she was already making me baby smoker and baby tank. That's just so weird to say baby tank. <laughs> That's just funny to say. I'm sorry. It just cracks me up. To actually say that, and like I said, getting the Audible membership, I wasn't planning on doing that, but Corona made me do it. I'll blame Corona just because I can. Corona made me do it. 
instead of the devil made me do it, it's Corona made me do it. But yeah, it was, oh God, it was bad, just bad. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, please, please, could next month be better? And you know what? He answered my prayers. And you'll find out how next. April started out great. We had a Left 4 Dead stream, which I, of course, screwed with everybody and pretended like I was playing Left 4 Dead, which I fucking wish I could have. That would have been awesome as hell. But it started out great, you know, even though, yes, by that time we had been split for a couple of weeks. But then all hell broke loose and I dealt with a damn stupid troll who made some horrible comments right after that saying oh well you're such a whore i hope you die of covid19 you can catch the coronavirus and die also said well if i was jesse i'd slapped you outside the face i bet you beat the hell out of him and you got the police called on you and said that oh well if i was him i wouldn't have played left for dead for you I wouldn't have cared if it kept you from committing suicide. I wouldn't have gave a shit. I wouldn't have played it for you. I wouldn't have done anything nice for you. He took you in after all the things that you went through, being disowned, supposedly. And he says, and yeah, um, I wouldn't have done it. I would have kicked you out and left you on the streets. He goes, I wouldn't have treated you that way. He says, I wouldn't have treated you great. You didn't love him anyway. You didn't want nothing to do with him in the first place. And I'm sitting there like, what the hell? I mean, that troll knew way too much information. And I'm thinking, what is wrong with you? Because mind you, we hadn't announced anything because we didn't want anybody thinking we were weird. Because we were quarantined together, so we didn't want to announce that we broke up on March 20th. We didn't want to say anything because we, you know, even Steve didn't have a clue until May. You know, that's, that's when he was going to find out. You know, we hadn't told him. You know, because we didn't want it to accidentally get leaked out on Twitter. Because Steve sometimes accidentally says things. He doesn't always mean to, but he sometimes says things. And it's like, whoops, shouldn't have said that yet. You know, so we didn't say anything. Because we didn't want anybody to know. So we kept it hush-hush. And, you know, we didn't want people knowing. So this troll was saying all this shit. And I'm going, what? hell's wrong with you dude and this was the same troll that made a comment to me about oh by the way if you could cure the coronavirus by fucking its eyes out would you do it and he says by the way yes i am the same troll that asked you this so this troll got a different account after being blocked by me the first time got another account and did it again to troll me some more and jesse goes was that a barrage i was like oh, no it was one whole message Cause he's like, I would have just blocked him, Riley, if it would have been a barrage. I was like, huh, no, wasn't a barrage, Jess, because I would have blocked him when the first one came through. You know, I'm like, damn. You know, so it started out pretty crappy after after the Left 4 Dead stream, which was fantastic. I mean, we had a boatload of fun with Left 4 Dead. You know, we had fun that night. It was it was fun. I mean, 
We got along fine after we broke up. We talked a lot more than we did when we were together. You know, we were, we were friends still. I mean, we still are cordial. We're not like we're bitter enemies. It's not like we hate each other's guts or anything. And um, so we, you know, we did that. And then we turned around and by the end of the month, I got my baby special infected smoker. My first of several that I had planned. And I knew I was going to be leaving that following month going back to Ohio. So I was like, hey, you know, and I, by that time, I also got my set of identical twins, Summer Dawn and Autumn Rain. I got both of those. And so I'd planned to get more, but they were going to be shipped to Ohio rather than Minnesota because I wasn't going to be staying there. You know, so we had already planned this. And like I said, Steve didn't know that I was going to be, he knew he was coming to pick me up because we were going to go visiting if Corona let me do it. And at that time, I didn't think I was going to at the time that, you know, I was planning it, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. You know, I didn't know what was up. I really didn't. I had no clue what the hell was happening. So, yeah, I mean, April was really off the wall. It was weird because I didn't know what was going to happen. And like I said, Steve had no damn clue what was going on because I wasn't telling him. He was out in California having a good old time. You know, and I would talk to him. I let him hear, I let him see the smoker. I let him see the twins. And Evelyn just loved summer and autumn because they had their sound effects and everything. But, yeah, I mean, it was an interesting experience. It really, really was. It was a very interesting experience because, heck, I'd been quarantined with him after the breakup. And, you know, we had no choice but to keep it hush until May because we couldn't announce anything till then. So we just kept streaming and just, we didn't let any, we didn't let on what was going on. You know, we streamed Doom Eternal, we streamed, streamed Doom 64. We streamed Left 4 Dead. We streamed um, some other things. And we just kept streaming and we didn't let on that we had split because we didn't want anybody to know. Since we were quarantined and this troll was just being so obnoxious and out of control, it was so, so freaking retarded. Absolutely freaking retarded. But, yeah. That was pretty much April in a nutshell. May started out with basically our last hoorah before I left Minnesota and came here to Ohio again to stay with Steve temporarily, you know, because, you know, we had the breakup incident in March, got quarantined through April, and I ended up, you know, planning to leave in May, so me and Jesse had talked about it, and we decided to do one last big hoorah on Mixer, so we did three streams on Mixer that weekend, which was the first, second, and third. And we decided why not. You know, we, we thought, you know, it'd be kind of cool 
because Jesse's like, well, why don't you do, he says, I thought about a shooter, but why don't you do sequence storm again? You know, because he knew I didn't have a PC at the time. So he's like, well, why don't you play sequence storm one last time too before you leave? So I was like, okay, how about if I do that on Saturday? And then we can do one last big shindig on Sunday. He's like, okay, sounds good. So Friday night we played, you know, he played Dusk. And of course I made fun of my hometown of Houston again, where I used to live before I moved to St. Paul. Then Saturday I played Sequence Storm and I tried Skullgirls on Nightmare, which was a real biatch. <laughs> you know, it was not pretty, you know? And so I was like, hey, you know what? Jesse did Left 4 Dead on Expert for Fan Appreciation Month. I'll do Skullgirls on Nightmare for, you know, just, just for the hell of it, you know, because people wanted to see it. They wanted to see me do it. So I did. Well, then Sunday, Jesse decided, you know, we did Left 4 Dead on Sunday again, which was really, really cool because at that time I was sitting there and I thought, you know, it'd be really funny. And I had my baby reborn in my lap, my baby smoker, Scotty Matthew. I had him in my arms. And Jesse goes, put him away, Riley, put him away. Now, nobody, nobody got it, you know, because I purposely, I could hear him kind of muttering, but I couldn't really tell what he was saying because I was, I was paying attention to Love for Dead, so I what, didn't really quite hear him the first time he did it. But he's like, put him away, Riley. We don't need him. Put him away. And in a way, I, I knew what he meant, but I was like, I was playing stupid, which Jesse knew I was screwing around because the, the deal was we weren't going to, tell him right away what what was going on we were kind of we were having some fun you know because it was our last thing together because nobody knew that me and Jesse had split up and so I'm like hey you know this is gonna be fun we're just gonna have one last big shindig and hey why not so we ended up you know doing that and he played mutations which was really cool and then played Death Toll, Dark Carnival, and The Parish, which that was the one where I was challenged to actually sing Re Your Brains while the, the game was on, which I did, but I didn't get real close because I don't, I don't sing it on key very well, but hey, it was just for fun anyway, so who cares? And then that next week, you know, Steve got here, you know, got there, picked me up, you know, was, we were going to stay for a couple days because, you know, he didn't know what was going on. And so we told him what had happened, you know, and he's like, oh, wow. Sorry to hear that. You know, he was like, wow, because he didn't think it was going to happen. None of us saw it coming, you know, because, I mean, it just, this wasn't in the cards for us, sadly. It just, it just wasn't in the cards. And so I left Minnesota that weekend, you know, that Friday night I left and I, you know, headed back here where I'm at now. And it was, it was an interesting trip because we, it would started off, Steve and I had a discussion, you know, and we, we had this discussion. He was going to, at first the plan was he was going to go up north, the northern route to go by Lake Gichigumi, AKA Lake Superior. <laughs> The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah. Um, great song, by the way, if you haven't heard that. It's a good song. But we were going to go up past that lake. Well, 
he started looking at it on the map and he's like, well, there's no way of getting close enough for him to even see it. So he's like, you know what? We're not going to go that way after all. So then he says, how about we just go through Wisconsin, go up by Green Bay, drive by Lambeau Field. Then we'll go up by Miller Park in Milwaukee and we'll cut down through Chicago and we'll take you past Wrigley since you might not get to see it this year. Made my day, I'll tell you that, made my freaking day. So I'm like, sure, sounds like a plan, let's go. So we left and we headed through Wisconsin, which I have part of that trip recorded. You know, I did record part of that trip and, um, which is gonna be released, I don't know when, but probably a flashback maybe. I figured my maybe do a flashback if I haven't released it this year, it'll be just a little flashback of fun. And so basically what happened was I we went through Wisconsin. We went down, saw those two parks, and then we drove down through Chicago. And I thought, you know what? I'm in Illinois. I'm close. I've got to do this. So I called up my friend Nicole and I said, hey, what you doing? She goes, not much, where are you? I said, you wouldn't believe me. I said, I'm in Chicago right now. What? Yeah, because you know how I was, you guys. I was, earlier this year, I was really bitchy because I didn't think I was gonna get to see her. And so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna call her up and I'm gonna see what's up. So she's, she says, yeah, we're, we're an hour west. So I'm like, sweet, so we're gonna go so we're like, hey, and Steve says, hey, I can drive you over if you want to, if you want to see her. I, I have no problem with that. So I was like, all right. So her husband, Brad, is like, yeah, yeah, come on over, you know, we'll, we'll meet you at a park. That way you guys can hang out a little bit. Because, I mean, it wasn't too bad out. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't toasty fried, but it wasn't freezing either. So I was like, sure. So we ended up going and we, we drove out there to see her met her at a park and she brought one of her um re couple, well two of her reborns with her she brought Karina which is her hybrid and her little girl had the same face as my first reborn Lanya and so had her and she also had her daughter Lyndon with her which is her child doll because I was getting a child doll as well and so she wanted me to have that experience so I was like all right that'll work so we're sitting there and we're getting that all prepared, you know, getting the meeting ready and everything. And she says, yeah, we'll, we'll be there. And so next thing I knew, she and I met, you know, and we're chatting it up and Steve says, now here's the thing. Don't ask me when we can leave. You hang out and visit with your friend as much as you want. I'm not going to answer that question you hang out with your friend and enjoy time with your friend. And I was like, okay, cool. Thanks. You know, so, and he'd walk away and chat with his relatives if they called or whatever. So we turn around and we, you know, met and hung out and had some pizza from Papa John's and some pop, you know, cause they bought us pizza and pop and everything. Well, then we go back and we go back to their apartment. Now, I couldn't go in the apartment because there's no visitors allowed because of COVID. So she's like, well, I'll just bring them down one by one and show her, you know? So Steve's like, all right. 
So I stood downstairs, you know, and waited on her. She went up and down, bringing a couple babies at a time. And the next thing I knew, before she did that, she brings down a partial silicone reborn that she gifted me. It was a late birthday gift. So I got a baby I wasn't expecting. Now I already had my eight in the back of the car and my little smoker, Scotty, Matthew, who she got to hold and bond with a little bit, her nephew, her nephew and auntie time. And so we, you know, put him in the car and then I met the others. Well, we ended up getting back here two days later because we went and we spent the night in the car that night. And then we stayed a night at the hotel the next night because it just, we were just so tired. We had, to, we had to just pull over and nap. So ended up watching Deliverance that night at the hotel. And um, then we, yes, I watched it. <laughs> Still same crazy ass movie it always was, you know. Watched it audio described. That was a unique experience. So then after we watched it, we came home, you know, got here the next night, hung out for a bit. And then a little while later, I got my little boy Tyson, the baby tank. It's just so funny to say that word, baby tank. It's just, that's funny. But got him. And then I got my little Celtic boy, Kieran. He finally arrived because we were worried because me and Lulu and Nicole were both all three scared because they shipped them with the wrong service. So that was a little scary, but he got here, he arrived, he was undamaged, which was great. I'm like, thank God he's undamaged. That had me very concerned. And then You know, I was waiting on my newest arrival, my little Christy Nicole, to arrive, you know, because I was planning on getting her as well, because I had her paid for. So I was still waiting on her to get there. And yeah, she had been shipped off in the, by the end of May, but <laughs> ended up going back to Nicole and Brad and they had to ship her out a second time. And yeah, so it was like, I was waiting on her to get there and it was just, it was absolute craziness because she finally arrived at the end of the month. <laughs> And it was like, geez, <laughs> you know, it was, it was crazy. And not even two weeks after I left Minnesota, we had the George Floyd murder. Ugh. Now imagine this, y'all, five miles away from where I lived. Talk about Freakazoid City. That was a little scary, a little lot bit scary. And yeah, that was, ooh, that gave me the creeps. If you, if you want to see Riley freak out, <laughs> Yeah, when I found that out, that was a little scary. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Not cool, people, not cool. So not cool. But, yeah, I'm glad I got the hell out of there when I did. Because 
that would have gave me a heart attack. I'd have been like, come get me the hell out of here. I want out. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That's what I'd have probably said if I was still in St. Paul at that time. I'd have been like, come get me, get me the hell out of here. Because boy, that was spooky. And the other murder that happened in 2016 was eight blocks away from there. Ugh. Yeah. That. Ooh, yeah. Mm -mm. No thanks. No thank you. Uh-uh. Nope. Uh-uh. No way, Jose. Nope. Hells to the no. I do not like that at all. But, yeah, that was very, very scary. I did not like that at all. And the sad part is, again, my family knew that I lived in the Twin Cities. They didn't know I had left. The only one that even gave a shit to message me was my older brother Matthew's little girl, Natalie. That is the only one that sent me a message and said, hey, we know there's rioting going on up there. There's looting, there's vandalism. There was a murder near there. What, are you okay? My mother never sent one damn message. And I've checked that many times. And it's like, really? You idiots cannot send a message to find out if I'm fine. And George Floyd was killed five miles from where I live. Really? You freaking retarded idiots. Seriously. Gosh. I mean, for all, they know, for all they know right now, I'm still in St. Paul, Minnesota. They don't know. And they'll never know if I can help it. Unless they find memoirs. And good luck. Hopefully they don't. Because that's the only way. I told Steve, I said, I'm not giving him an easy way out. Because he's like, well, why, why don't you um, contact some of your friends that you know? And I'm like, because they'll go back and tell, him, tell them I'm back. No, 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 no. That's a cop-out. for my. That's a cop-out for my family. No, 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 no. Nope. That is a total cop-out. Nope. I'm not letting them have an opportunity to find out where I'm at the easy way. Nope. Mm -mm. Nope. No, baby, no. Mm-mm. Nah, baby, nah. They don't get the cop out. They don't get the easy way out. It don't happen that way. I'm not letting that happen. So that is basically the month of May in all its crazy mayhem. Literally mayhem. So I will be back soon to let you know about June. June started off a little bit crazy because at that time I was trying to get my place. You know, we were looking for places, couldn't find anything really at first. You know, we were working on that from the end of May to really kicking it into high gear by June. But beginning of June, we actually found, Steve found this place that I'm actually in right now, but the problem was because of my stupid mother, um, I didn't have my social security card. I didn't have any ID, you know, I had no identification. And because of the pandemic, they wanted, um, you to send in what ID you did have to get your social security card. And I'm thinking, 
uh, no, because what if something happens to me and I get in an accident or something bad happens and they need my ID? Uh, no, that's dangerous. You can't do that. So I didn't think I was going to get into the place because I had gotten accepted into this place. But all I needed was a stupid social security card. So turned around and we got it done. We got the um, social security card finally with the help of the program I used to be in when I was here before. The county I was in before I went to my parents' house had a copy of my social security card, which praise the Lord. And they were able to get the copy sent to my SSA because I had gotten accepted into the, this county's programs. Because like I said before, I had to get in because I needed any help I could get, which, you know, I got in, got that taken care of. And so once I got through to... getting the social security card, I was fine. You know, I was, I was like, thank God, you know, and the lady contacts me and she says, okay, the card was accepted. When can you move in? Well, I ended up moving in in mid June on the 18th, I believe it was. I think it was 16th or 18th. I can't remember now, but anyway, I got in and so I ended up getting my new place. So I was, I was happy about that and I was able to see it. You know, and at that time, I also got my little six-year-old daughter, Christy, my little reborn. <laughs> Not really that little, but little did I know the girl was going to end up being a freaking superstar. You know, because that was the month also where I started following this band around that I absolutely love, which you guys have heard, the Blue Leafs. I took my daughter to see them, and... You know, she just went over so well. I didn't realize how well she'd go over until around a couple months later, which we'll get into that when that time comes. I also got my second, let's see, was it? No, I got my third Moonkin that month as well. My little boy, Kieran. And by that time, I also had my little boy Tyson, which you had heard about, and got him. So I'd gotten those three by that time. So those are the only three I was supposed to get while I was at Steve's because those are the only ones planned. And I had more down the road that I was ordering from my friend, but she wasn't, you know, done with them yet. You know, so I was pretty excited about that and getting into a new place. That was, that was the highlight of June, pretty much. It was, you know, getting my place and going, going around garage sailing, taking the kids with me. You know, I was excited because I was able to get started with that. Got my, you know, place, got to go to a concert, fun concert, because I didn't think I was going to get to go to any shows this year. I didn't think I was going to get to at all. But I did end up getting to go to the concert, which was absolutely phenomenal. 
So we got to do a few fun things in June, after all, and got my new place. That was pretty much the highlight of June. I mean, there wasn't really a whole lot going on because like I said, the pandemic had everything pretty much closed down. But the concert was supposed to be outdoors, but it ended up being indoors, which fine and dandy with me because then I could, you know, have an inside show for the dog to hear. So it was, it was a blast. So that was June. I mean, it was pretty eventful when it comes to moving in, being on my own, getting my independence back. And yeah, it was a lot of eventful things going on that month because I honestly didn't think I was going to get in because of government problems, but it worked. Then comes July, which, again, you know, there wasn't too much going on. There was a few things going on. I got to go to a place I had never been to before that a long time ago, one of my assistants actually told me about this place, but I had never actually gone there. And it's a place called Froggy's. And it's basically a pool bar. But it also, there's also an indoor area as well, but they had it shut down because of the pandemic, of course. And when we got there, the guy actually described the place to me because Steve had gone up to get cash at the ATM. And so I was sitting there talking to the staff and the guy was actually describing the place to me, which was very, very cool. I thought that was really awesome. Because nobody had ever really done that before. I had never had somebody actually describe the facility before. So that to me was really, really neat. And so I got to do that. I got to go there. I also went to Springboro to North Park. And I got to see a couple of shows there as well. We saw... ABBA Mia, which was, a, of course, an ABBA tribute band, which they did ABBA, Bee Gees, all kinds of disco stuff. And that month, I had gotten my little boy, Matthew Joseph, and he is a little dwarf child. He has achondroplasia, which is, it is a form of dwarfism. Their head is usually a little bit bigger than the rest of their body. They have really small arms and legs. And you know, so I have him and I had my, I got my little foster daughter, Karina, which is my friend who has helped me so much. It's her little girl that I've been keeping for her as a foster child. So got them that month as well as, you know, a, a little, she had gotten me a little bassinet she sent to me and a boppy pillow, which is a big, it's like a big u-shaped pillow in a matter of putting it or a big c you could also say it looks like a c too but you can sit in it and prop a baby up or you can sit a baby in it so that they have you know they can have help to sit up so either way it would work so got them that month and 
So I took Karina with me to Abamia and to Resurrection. Well, at the Abamia show, the one girl, she pointed at me and goes, hug your little one for me, which of course you guys have that one on here. It's it, all the concerts that are mentioned in this year's thing have been uploaded to memoirs. So you can see them if you want to check out what concerts I'm talking about. And Abamia, you know, they had pointed her out. They thought they must've thought she was real. They don't, they probably couldn't tell, but then we went to Resurrection the following week, and I actually got a drumstick, which is sitting on top of my shelf. The band's drummer likes giving the used drumsticks to the women and children. So I actually got a drumstick. And that was also right after I got my daughter Christy back because Christy had a little accident, and her leg came apart. So I had to send her back. I had to ship her back to my friend. She fixed her leg and then sent her back home. So I got her back and took her to the concert. So yeah, July was a little bit crazy with, you know, cause we did get to go to a few, I got to go to a few concerts, which was awesome. And cause like I said, I didn't think I was going to get to tape you guys anything. And I'm just so glad that I got to go to at least a few. So, you know, we, we did that, had a blast, you know, got to do those things. And I'm trying to think if anything else happened in July, because this is like spur of the moment, because I'm things are happening so much that I'm not able to record them when I want to record them. Otherwise they would be recorded on time, but this year has been so hectic that I don't even remember everything that's gone on. So yeah, I mean, that's basically the main gist of July. That's basically what happened in, in July, you know, getting to go to a few shows and going to some new places that I never thought I'd go. I do believe that was also the month I met Steve's sisters. Now that I think about it, I do believe that was the month. I, like I said, I don't remember. But I do think that might have been the month I met them. So, yeah, that's basically July. <laughs> I'm having issues remembering everything right now because recently there's been some events that kind of yeah have my mind in a whirl so which you'll get to that we'll get to that in a couple more segments but because I'm recording this actually these last few I'm recording in October because I'm way off I was supposed to be doing this on time but like I said events this year have made things so hectic that this year's episode isn't going to be as uh, organized, which it, last year's wasn't organized either. So don't count on New Year's Eve episodes being organized because they're not going to be. But yep, that is July and I will be back soon to tell basically what happened in August.
August started out pretty cool. You know, we, you know, we were plan. I was planning to get another reborn. I had paid for him. And it was a baby that my friend had who I absolutely adored. So I was able to pay for him. And his name is Sammy. Well, his name's Samuel, but I call him Sammy. Or Big Sam is his nickname because he's built. This boy has arms like you wouldn't believe. Looks like he's going to beat the crap out of you. Sounds like somebody else we know. <laughs> the tank. He, he's, he is, but he's not the tank. But he's he's got the arms of him. Woo! He's got, he's got some big arms. Not as big as Tyson, but if the tank was just a normal size, he would, he would definitely have Sammy arms. He's got some pretty good size legs too. He looked like he's ready to kick your ass. I mean, Sam is, we, we jokingly nicknamed him the redneck baby, you know? And so he came the day before I was going to go to the next Blue Leafs show. So we were going to go and do that. So we go and we're, we're sitting three feet from the stage. This is the one where we were sitting at, you know, we were at AMVETS and Huber Heights. And we were sitting three feet from the stage. And Steve was going to act like he's going to give Christy to Coleman Clark as a prop, the keyboard player, which Coleman just laughed it up. He thought it was funny. Oh, uh, no thanks, but I appreciate it though. You know, it just chuckles. You know, he wasn't offended by it. Now, some but some people I know would have been like, oh my God, I'm not holding that. Get it away from me, ew, you know. But not Coleman. He just laughed it up. And I knew he wasn't offended because of the next month. But, you know, I met the bassist that night. That was the night I met Chase Heck, the bass player. And... It was really fun. We had a blast. And the person comes up wanting Christy to come back there. You know, Christy, that's when I realized this girl was a little superstar. She was, she's our little rock star. She, everybody just loved Christy. And, you know, we had a blast going and recording the show. And, you know, I just had so much fun with her, you know, and getting my little boy, Sam, having a boatload of fun with Sammy. You know, I loved meeting him and getting to bond with him a little bit because it was at the end of August when I got him. And Karina was the one that actually went with me to the show because Karina's our little brown-eyed girl. That's my little foster daughter. She actually went. And it was so much fun going to the show with Karina, with Christy, you know, taking two of them instead of one to the concert. It was so much fun because Christy, you know, gets people's attention. Then they come over and see the little ones, which I love. I absolutely love it because, you know, people, they get to see it. They get to see Christy. They get to see how I interact with her, you know, and they love watching me interact with her. People just cheer and they love it. They love watching how me and Christy just interact together, which is so, so, so much fun. And September just amplified that to 11. Like I said, September added more flame to the fire. Ended very weirdly, 
but yeah, September started with a bang. Again, I paid for another baby, which is my little namesake, Leona. Got her. And, you know, she showed up on a day that I needed her the most. But me and Sam and Christy went to the show in September on the 12th. Now, that was outdoors at the Amvets in Medway, which is where Christy started her concert life. And that was the night I met Coleman, the keyboard player, which is how I knew he wasn't offended by Steve's prop joke. You know, he came up and talked to us. Also, I met a young man with Down syndrome that night. And this other dude came up and just absolutely loved Christy. Just would not, oh my God, was constantly holding her, getting pictures with her. and Oh my God. Just, I was just praying to God he wasn't going to throw up because he was pretty looped up. He was, he was a loopy, loopy drunk off his behind and so I was actually thanking God that he didn't throw up on her because Steve would have been the one cleaning it up not me because he's the one that <laughs> allows anybody who can hold him to hold him so I'm like dude if and I told him I warned him about this dude you got to be careful with this sometimes I mean it's it's one thing to let somebody with a disability hold him but to just let just random strangers just grab her it's like oh my god you know, I, I had to call him out a couple times on this because it's like, dude, come on. You know, like, come on, dude. And, you know, so I did that, right? I did that. And dealt with, you know, all that craziness. She was basically still a superstar, I mean, everybody just loves Christy. Christy is everybody's favorite. Well, then Leona arrived, and all I'll say is she arrived on a day that was some. Tr it was pretty, pretty heart wrenching. It was gut wrenching because, let's just say, some things got messed up financially, and it sucks because it's still, as I'm recording this, still has not been resolved. We're working on getting it resolved, but it's, yeah, it's a financial screw-up. So, yeah, that's all I'll say about that, because that's nobody's business what that is. But let's just say it was financial screw-up that should not have happened in the first place. And also, that month, I went and saw my brother, my older brother, Matt. And I took Maddie with me, my little boy. Found out he looks like me in the face especially my eyes and meet my brother. And he wants to take me to hell. What the hell? Jeez. Anyway, hell, Michigan. That is, <laughs> I had to throw that in there just because, you know, it wouldn't be this if I didn't say it. Cause Steve will be like, you didn't say it. Yeah. I run, I meet my brother and what does he want to do? Take me to hell and back. Jeez. See how he is. He wants to take me to hell, <laughs> but Anyway, yeah, he wants to take me to hell. And I also found out that my friend is very kindly sending me another set of twins. So I will be getting sometime in the future 
a set of twins, another set of fraternal twins, which are Cameron and Chloe, found out in September that I was receiving them. And also, I am adopting a little girl. At the time, I, was, I agreed to adopt my son, Emmanuel, who is blind, his paternal twin sister, Elizabeth. So I also found out that month that my little girl, Willow, who is the baby witch from Left 4 Dead, yep, a baby version of the witch, she was almost finished. As I'm recording this, she could possibly be even done by now. Because I'm recording this, like I said, in the beginning of October. And, yeah, so that's crazy as it is. You know, more and more babies. <laughs> Just even in times of crisis and in times of, of pure, you know, chaos, joy returns. Joy returns. So, yeah. <laughs> that's basically what my reborn rose garden represents joy because even in times of chaos in times of trial a little joy arrives Then we have October, good old October. Now, October wasn't very memorable except for one concert. And it was, it was memorable for a good reason, but also a bad reason. And I am going to bring this up because it's, and Steve knows I'm going to do it on this podcast. I did not do it on the Reborn Rose Garden one because just in case little ones are listening, and I know little ones shouldn't be listening to this one, but because there is a warning about the content, but we had one concert canceled, but we ended up, I got a surprise from Steve letting me know, Hey, by the way, the menus are in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. <clears throat> Let's go check it out. Okay, sure. So I take Christy. And I took Matthew with me because, you know, I was like, hey, you know what? Let's do this. Because I, you know, it was the day I voted early. And I'm like, okay, so we don't have to go through all the election traffic. No, thank you. Blech. No fun. No way. Been there. Done it. No. Hell no. Well, so we go there. And at first, it's fine. Okay, at first, it's fine. You know, the food was excellent. You know, loved the food. And we met some really nice people toward the beginning of the show. Well, I go to the bathroom, right? Because we, we always, you always want to go to the bathroom before a show starts because you don't want to have to get up halfway through or like partially the way through the music and have to go to the bathroom. Especially me when I'm recording stuff for you guys so you can enjoy the stuff with us and you know we have you know here required by law you need to have you know it's basically re required by the governor wear a mask indoors it's you know you have to wear masks 
Well, so I do. I do wear a mask. When I go to a concert, we are socially distanced and I'm wearing a mask. You know, they have the, the tables apart, six feet. They have it set up appropriately. Because I happen to know that there's people <clears throat> that don't like that I've been going to concerts. No names mentioned. But I'm doing it not because I don't care about people's feelings or care about people, you know, spreading it or whatever. That's not at all why I do it. In Ohio, they are socially distanced. They are spread apart. They cannot be three feet piled on top of each other. There's no dancing allowed, you know, so, uh, yeah, just throwing that out there. And, you know, I'm wearing a mask. I always wear a mask. It's a duh. I don't want to get it. And, you know, I don't. You know, I don't want that damn thing any more than anybody else does. I take precautions. I'm socially distanced. Of course, I have to be helped to be socially distanced. But I have. And I am. I social distance. Just because I go and enjoy a little bit of fun once in a while. It's a lot less fun than I used to get. Because I used to go at least three or four times a month. When I get a chance to get out and do something, I want to do it. It's not that I don't give a shit about people's feelings or anything. I enjoy bringing stuff to people who can't get out, period. Like elderlies that are more susceptible to coronavirus than I am. Yeah, I'm susceptible. I'm risking going to get the damn footage for you. I'm risking that which I will explain in the next episode or the next segment but you know here's the thing I'm you know it's a risk I took I did that not because I want to give the virus to somebody but I've got friends who are basically so trapped in their apartments they can't get the fuck out and do anything period I got a friend who's in her 90s has not left her apartment since last November. Y'all, the coronavirus wasn't even a thing last fucking November. Just saying. And I'm saying it here because I know I'm going to probably get lectured about, oh my God, you went to concerts. You don't give a fuck about people. Bullshit. I do. And I'm bringing this up in here because I'm already pissed about what I have to say next. But I do care about people. And if somebody wants to say because I go to concerts that I don't care about people, that's not true. That is not true whatsoever. Just because I go to concerts where people are socially distanced, wearing masks, um, you're wrong. You're dead wrong. Just throwing that out there for those that see this and say, oh my God, you've been going to concerts. Yeah, I've been going to concerts to tape footage for my following so that they can hear some shows because they can't get out and go. 
because certain states do certain things. Maybe in certain states, you don't, the dancing has not been outlawed or, you know, things haven't happened. In here, it has. So, yeah. But anyway, went there, met the lead singer of the band. Again, I had met him earlier this year at Froggy's, which I had told you about. Well, this time he comes up to us. I had come out of the bathroom and I'm sitting there and I'm talking to Steve and I'm messing with Christy's hair, you know, cause she's got a wig on. So I'm playing with her hair, you know, trying to fix her hair. All of a sudden Tim Goldreiner, Hey, what's up? Oh, Jesus Christ. I jump like I'm shot. <laughs> Scared the shit out of me. Cause Steve, Mr. Vision over there, forgot to warn me that Tim was coming up. Scared the crap out of me. And he goes, hey, who are these guys? You know, so I told him their names. And he had these glasses on that were like see-through. I think they were like yellowish. But they were kind of like, they were a see-through type glasses. And so he turns around, Steve does. And we're talking to him. And he goes, I've got to keep up with today's youth and reaches over and messes with Matthew, my little boy with a chondroplasia. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, I looked at Steve like, oh, my God, he messed with them. Well, then he walks away and he calls me out on stage, which you guys have all heard. If you've heard that show, The Menu's Live from Lawrenceburg, you'll see that he did. He called me out on stage and was messing with me during the show in both sets. The second set, he's singing and he goes, covered me in Riley roses. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, and then Steve's standing there and he's describing stuff. Well, without warning, he comes up and shakes my daughter's hand. Just goes up and shakes Christy's hand. And I'm like, this dude was not afraid of them at all. Like some people freak out over dolls because they're, I don't know. Some people have issues, but um, I mean, it's one thing to have a legit phobia, but to actually just be scared of them and not have a legit phobia, please. That's another story for another day. But he walked up and just shook her hand like, hey, how's it going, Christy? You know, and then get the pic gets a picture of me because I'm standing by her chair. She's standing up in the chair dancing because we're diddy bopping her around in the chair. And she's sitting there dancing, right? Christy is standing there just dancing in the chair because that time dancing wasn't outlawed as it is now. And I'm pre-recording this in December because of something happening. And I have to tell you about that in December, but anyway, so come back, you know, we're getting ready to leave, right? Now, this is where I'm going to go on another fucking rant because this is what pissed, this is what made the evening just spoiled. We're getting ready to leave. And if you are drinking, just say, watch your mouth. Because if you run into somebody and you don't know them, don't go spouting off with the mouth and calling them horrific names. And Steve, like I said, I am going to say what, what it was in this one because this is the adults only podcast. Um, 
and he knows it because I told him I was going to, and I wanted to remind him I'm going to say it because I'm going to have a bitch fit. If you're drinking and you do not know a man, especially being a woman, women, women, hello, women, watch what you say. Just saying. Because some men would not be as nice as Steve was and walk away. Some men would knock the shit out of you. And I'm not, and I do not believe in women getting their asses beat. At all. I do not believe in that. I think it's wrong. But whatever you do, do not let the alcohol speak through you and let you call a man a name. Especially if you don't know it's true. Let me explain what happened at Elberg. First, we get stopped and this guy, he's drunk off his ass. And men, you need to watch it too. If you don't know why somebody has a reborn doll, don't be an asshole. Just saying. Because there are women that have reborns because they miscarried or had a stillborn child. There are women that have reborns for anxiety and depression purposes. Moi, for example. I will tell you, moi. I carry them in, with me in public because it's therapeutic. Don't be making fun of me. That's not nice. A man walks up to Steve. What the fuck you got them here for? Excuse me, sir? The owner of Elberg didn't say nothing about it. If they were even there. I don't even know if the owner was even fucking there. The staff didn't say nothing. So why are you yelling at me for having a daggone doll in the damn bar? It's not like they're real and they're not drinking. I'm not giving them alcohol. So chill. <laughs> Sorry, but chill. And his friend who's with him looks at Steve. What are you, some kind of pedophile? Excuse me, lady. What the fuck did you call him? A pedophile? Are you shitting me here? Do not do that, ladies. If you don't know if a man's a pedophile, do not call him one. Especially if there's a woman standing beside them with a baby in a carrier. Because that would basically mean, oh, the woman believes in pedophilia. She hangs around a pedophile. Uh, no. I hate pedophilia, thank you. If I've seen a man messing with a little kid, mm -mm. that would not be a pretty sight. Let's just put it that way. That's all I'll say there. And I do know that some weirdos do use reborns for pedophilia purposes. And I think that's fucking disgusting as fucking hell. And yes, I am dropping a few choice words because that makes me want to puke. To touch one of these innocent dolls like that. That is disturbing. Because they look like real kids, toddlers, and children. Uh, uh, toddlers and babies, I should say. Children, toddlers, and babies. Uh, hell no. If a man put a hand between my daughter's legs, he'd have broken fingers. Let's just put it that way. And I probably wouldn't be the one to do it. It would probably be Mr. Steve. If I don't get a hold of him, Steve will. Because he knows how I feel about pedophilia. So for somebody to sit there and call him a pedophile, uh, no. Uh, hell no. 
like I said, October was not very good when it came to that. Dealing with somebody calling him a pedophile, and that offended me a lot more than it actually offended him. I mean, yes, it offended Steve Lesh. <laughs> yeah, and it should have, because that was offensive. That was wrong on so many levels. And that woman's lucky he isn't the type to slap somebody in the face, <laughs> because that was not appropriate at all. I mean, seriously. Some guys wouldn't have put up with that and probably hit her. And that wouldn't have been right neither. I don't believe in somebody getting hit. But I don't believe in you calling somebody names that ain't true either. That's wrong on so many levels. It really is wrong on so many levels. You know, it's, I, don't, I don't like that. I just, I hate that. It's, it's wrong. I don't like it. So don't do it. That's what I'm saying. Just, if you're going to drink, drink and have a good time, but don't be calling people names that you shouldn't be calling them. <laughs> you know, just don't be calling people horrible names. Just please don't do it because it's so stupidly wrong. And that was basically October. Now, November, oh my God. November, let's just say, was a little bit scary toward the end. But I had a big event happen that month, too, that I never expected to happen at all. And if I get emotional... I had the biggest amount of support. Like October, I get dissed for having reborns. November, I get the biggest reborn supporter. The biggest amount of reborn support I've ever had in my life. And we will talk about that next. November. Oh, dear Lord. <coughs> Excuse me. November was a little bit scary, like I said, toward the end. But at the beginning was memorable as ever. I went again to see the menus. And <clears throat> we went to a place called Rick's Tavern. That's in Fairfield. It's close to Cincinnati. Well... We went there to see them, and it was crowded there this time. This place was crowded because it was bigger. It was a bigger, wide-open thing, right? It was a big, open-air place. I mean, it was huge. And we met a very nice waitress there named Kelly. She was a sweetheart, was and is. And... <clears throat> I took not one, not two, but three of the dolls this time because Tim really liked Matthew and Christy. So I was like, you know what? We're going to take the special infected there. So we take Christy because, of course, Christy is the one that usually will bring people toward us. She's always the one that attracts people. She's our little superstar reborn. You know, she's always the one trying to get, you know, that's always getting people closer. 
So she sits there and she's, she gets people to come close. So next thing we know, I'm out there on the dance floor because dancing wasn't outlawed until that following week, a couple weeks later, basically. And well, like a week later, as a matter of fact, it was because it was, we had, I think, back-to-back weeks, I believe, that we went. And so we go and we're sitting there and I walk out there. Well, next thing I know, I have an arm around me from the left side and somebody spins me around toward the crowd. Hey, everybody, don't get freaked out. But this is my friend Riley Rose. It was Tim. Scared the shit out of me because I wasn't ready for it. Steve had just, he was looking around at the dancers, took his eye off me for five seconds and got a surprise when he turned back around. He didn't realize uh, Tim was there. He missed it. Or he would have been able to video it, but he missed it. Well, <clears throat> then all of a sudden, the following statement was said. And y'all have it because it's on recording. He asked me how I was doing and I, I said something. You know, I respond back. Which, of course, you can't hear me because it's so loud. Then he goes, by the way, if anybody gets freaked out by Riley's doll, he goes, Everybody needs some security in their lives. And if it makes if this makes Riley happy, it makes me even happier. Now that is some kick-ass support right there. This is the shit that I preach about on this podcast. Support, support, support. Support people. Hello. I don't give a shit how different they are. If they're not harming you and they're not harming themselves and they're not harming somebody else, support people. Hello, this is the shit I preach about. Support, support, support. Well, then I get a flare-up that following week. An allergy flare-up. And I didn't know if there was like dust in the air because that's what usually sets me off. And I was like, shit. You know, it was a dust flare-up from hell. Okay? It was dusty. I I was assuming, right? I could smell, I could taste. It was just a typical blah, blah, blah allergy. So that's when I went to the Blue Leafs concert in November, right? Now, my smeller was off a little bit because my right, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, my right nostril was, was like it was plugged up. I couldn't breathe out of it, which is typical for me when I have a freaking winter cold and allergies. Blah. So I went to the show because I knew I was fine. It was just a stupid flare-up. Now, this is what I mean when I got spooked. The next day after, y'all, I couldn't smell or taste none. Nothing. Not a zilch zero. What I thought was allergies, y'all, might not have been allergies. I might have gotten something at the show from somebody else. Mind you, I had, what did I say? A mask on. But when I changed, it might have flared up when I had the mask off in private. It might have gotten on my clothes from somebody who wasn't wearing a mask. I might have caught COVID. 
do not know was not tested. Was not tested. And I'm being honest here, y'all. I wasn't dry coughing. I wasn't having trouble breathing. You know, I was <laughs> like that. I was sniffling, but the problem was there was not there was no mucus in my nose. It was like dry. There was no mucus whatsoever, none. I didn't have a fever. I was not very energetic, but that was because I ha- I think it was because I was trying to kill it with Benadryl. And because I thought it was allergies, which I would say it was in the beginning. And then it maybe went into COVID. I do not know. But I know I was not contagious because I used my Christian kinesiology testing and it said no. So I could have caught it that night. I do not know because I would not have gone if I didn't known that I had it. If I would even suspected it, like I said, I could smell and taste the night I went to the concert because I would not have gone. Had I not had that smell and taste, I would have not gone, would have not gone to that show. I would not have wanted to give that to those boys or anyone else. And there's no way I would have gone had it been that bad. It wasn't. I used what judgment I knew, and I got the show. Like I said, I risked it to entertain people. If that was COVID, I don't know if it was. I'm just saying, if I had it that next week, it was a very slight case of it. I didn't have, I killed it with Allegra tablets. I could smell within three days. I could smell the day before Thanksgiving, I was able to smell and taste perfectly fine. You know, if it was, you know, I could taste perfectly fine. The smell was still a little bit funky. If, I, if it was like a strong perfume or strong odor, I could smell it. But if it wasn't, I couldn't smell it. But I had no cough, no energy drain, and no nothing. I was fine. So it could have been just a rough allergy attack or it could have been COVID. I do not know. I did not, I did not get tested because I fought it off. Had it gotten worse, I would have gone to the hospital and gotten tested. I'm not stupid. And I would not have gone to the concert that night had it gone to full blown, no smell, no taste. I could still smell. The one side of my nose was clogged. I couldn't smell nothing out of the one side of my nose, but I could taste. But on the other side, I could smell. I couldn't smell out of the right side, which is normal for me. When I get a throat cold, or not a throat cold, but a basically a, a typical common cold, it's always my right nostril. I do not know why. It's the weirdest thing. But I always, my right nostril always gets plugged up. Very seldom do I get both nostrils plugged. And when I do, I hate that. I do hate that. But it was a normal, typical allergy situation until that next day and then it was like hello I can't smell shit but Allegra got rid of it and then I took the other Allegra and that's when that next week is when Steve went to California he headed off for Cali you know and 
you know, I got rid of it before the day before Thanksgiving, I had it gone. It was pretty much gone. And I was grateful. I was, you know, I was very thankful. Again, in the times of darkness, the rose garden blooms more. Because I was talking to my friend about the support that Tim Goldrainer showed. And I said, I would love to get a reborn and name him Timothy James. She goes, well, I have a little TJ. So I ended up, not only was I adopting Elizabeth, which was Emmanuel's sister. I ended up adopting TJ. And his name is Timothy James. So, which... As of as I'm recording this on the 28th of December, he isn't here yet. And I will explain that in December because December was a December from hell. Oh my God. December, I dread talking about December. December, oh God. This month has been a royal hell and I will explain that in the next episode. The December to Forget. That's basically the name of this segment because, oh my God, this month sucked. As I'm recording this, it's still a December from hell because, oh dear God. You know, started off, <clears throat> the first thing that happened was the Crafting Kingdom update. And you're probably thinking, why is that, why does that make December December from hell. Well, because it deleted all of my two years of progress. Every bit of my progress went out the damn window. That was just the beginning. You know, that was just the beginning of the December from hell. Because that happened at the beginning of December, and I'm going, oh my God, all of my progress out the damn door. Boom. Two years of practice out the freaking door. I'm not done. I then had asked a friend of mine to help me because of, like I said, in a previous segment, I, ha I had hit a financial scrimp. I mean, it got fixed in December. That was the best part of December. But still, it was too late to do anything about Christmas. So I asked a friend of mine to kindly help me out because I thought they weren't, you know, a nice person and I figured they would help me. Ha! Wrong. Three days before Christmas Eve. Oh, by the way, I can't help you. Sorry. Thanks. Why didn't you tell me that a week or two prior to so I could try to figure something out? No. Three days prior to Christmas Eve, they back out last minute and say they can't help me. And it's a person who claims, oh my gosh, I can't I can't work without you. I, I, I want to 
I want you to work with me. I want you to help me with my business. I want you to do this. Ha, yeah, right. <clears throat> yeah. But yet, they can't assist me. Even though they owe me. But yeah. I won't say names, but yeah, it sucks. That was that. So there just went Christmas. I didn't have a Christmas celebration at all. Not, not a silch zero. Nothing. Boom. It's done. No Christmas celebration. No tree, no ornaments, no lights, nothing. So there went Christmas 2020. That's why you didn't get a Christmas memoir this year. Because there wasn't one. There was no need to record one. There wasn't a Christmas celebration. It was nothing. Then you have December the fucking 12th. Yeah, you can tell I hate that date. Hmm. Let's just say my good buddy COVID. Haha, sarcasm. Again, good old COVID. Ooh, I'll tell you, if that virus would have been standing there that night, it would have gotten dicked. Because I would have dicked it a good one in the face. Killed Charlie Pride. My favorite country singer in the world. Killed him. Whew. That would have been one dead virus had it been standing there because I'd have knocked it out. <laughs> I know, talk big, Riley. <laughs> I was pissed. Trust me, I was pissed. I was ready to just go off the handle. And Steve, like I told him, be glad you weren't there. Be glad I wasn't with you because I would have just lost it. I mean, it was ugly. It was not pretty at all. It was just, it was horrific. Absolutely horrific. You know, dealing with that. Because I was actually recording. I wasn't recording a podcast. I was just recording something for myself. Just a, you know, just a little fun thing. And it just went to hell in a handbasket. And I kept it. I kept the memo because I, I just kept it. And I'm like, oh my God. You know, what the hell? I mean, we've lost so many people this year, you guys. I mean, Joe Diffie, Alex Trebek, Eddie Van Halen, Charlie Pride, Chad from Chad and Jeremy, KT Oslin, another country singer, John Prine, Jan Howard, Charlie Daniels this summer. Holy shit, you guys. This year has been horrible. And I'm not saying all these people died from COVID, but some of them did. And it's just like, damn, really, you dumb virus. And, and what's irony, and it, it's, it was almost kind of scary, and I never, I forgot to tell my ex this, but the, the weekend, the December 12th, when Charlie Pride passed away, I was telling Steve, I said, man, it's so weird. I was recording my own little personal memos to myself, just recording my own little thing. And <clears throat> I recorded this thing and Charlie died. One of the last streams that me and uh, Jesse did together, 
in, I believe it was May. No, April. April. I believe it was April. Joe Diffie died. And we were recording on stream when I seen it. And he released that stream two days after Charlie Pride passed away. And I'm like, what is the irony of that? Because on on his Brutal Doom 64, his Doom 64 and Brutal Doom 64 stream, Doug, you'll hear my reaction to Joe Diffie's death. Now, of course, I couldn't react the same exact way I did when Charlie Pride died because I was on public media. I was on social media. I was recording something live for everybody to view it. Now, we did rip COVID a new asshole on there. But not as bad as I did in person. You know, when I was doing it just myself. Oh, he's not pretty. Let me tell you what. But yeah, it was not pretty whatsoever. December has just been hell in a handbasket. <clears throat> but the reason I am recording this in advance is because I'm actually leaving for <laughs> so it will be I will do a um, podcast when I get back because I don't know how this is gonna go but I'm gonna go visit a couple of friends of mine for New Year's Eve so and I don't want to record while I'm there so it's kind of an early ending to the podcast but I will come back and talk about it when I get back home on Sunday or Monday, depending on what the heck happens. But it, that started with, um, started we were going to just go up. I was going to go up Saturday and we were going to probably drive back or stay there if they wanted us to stay there. Well, then it moved to her husband, my friend's husband goes, why don't you just have him bring you over and drop your ass off with us for a couple of days? You know, so she had somebody to hang out with for New Year's Eve, right? Because he wants to watch the football games on New Year's Day, right? So it's like, why don't you just have him bring your ass over and drop you off with us for a couple of days? What the hell? You know, I was stunned. I'm like, are you shitting me? Oh, oh, I'm not done. I'm not done, y'all. I'm not done. Then he goes, oh, well. You know what? Does she have a dog? No. She don't have any pets. Well, I'll just come up tomorrow then. <laughs> so, which is why I'm doing this tonight and getting it all uploaded. Because I'm going to be leaving tomorrow on the 29th and I won't be back to my place until uh, the 3rd, <laughs> I guess. So, yeah. Uh, shock. Hi. And the coolest thing about this is this woman is a singer like myself and goes all over the place. So, yeah, this is going to be interesting. So I will come back on the third or the fourth, whenever, and let you know what happened there. Because I can't, I don't want to go on. I don't want to, I want to just go ahead and end it here. Um, 
with that information that I will be gone the next few days because I'm not going to be recording while I'm basically on my little <clears throat> uh, New Year's Eve getaway, I guess you could call it. So I will come back and do one in January and call it New Year's Eve getaway and I'll explain basically what happened because I don't know what's going to happen. I do not. I, I Like I said, I wasn't expecting to stay that long. I was expecting to just go over on... Um, to on Saturday and hang out with them. And here I'm doing this. I'm going, oh my God, this is insane. So I'm going to be back in just a minute. And I'm going to play you three songs for 2020 that remind me of things happening in 2020. And I mean, the one is kind of funny. It's a novelty song, but it's uh, yeah, you'll get it. So I will be right back. And like I said, I'm going to have to, of course, talk to my friend over here. But um, we are going to see what happens. I've got three songs There's that I want to put on here. I'm only doing three. I would have done... Actually, you know what? I'm going to do four because... Um, a certain song is haunting me again. So yeah, I have to put a fourth one in there. So yeah. Hi, sneaky snake song. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sneaking in the shadows lurking around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'll explain that joke when I come back. Now we are back and I'm going to play you four songs that are 2020 and we're going to start with the beginning um, and then I'm going to end with an Ario Speedwagon classic. Now, on the way home from Minnesota in May is when we're going to start because that's the best way to do it. So here we go. This was the song I was depressed about coming back to Ohio because I was like, Ugh, you know, the breakup you know, didn't work out. Everything didn't work out. And I was kind of depressed. But then this goofy ass little song decides to haunt me as soon as we reach Indiana. Then it got me again in Ohio. The same day, two different radio stations, same day I hear this. Play Thunder by Imagine Dragons. Classes while I was scheming 
That goofy freaking little song, I tell you, just made me laugh. It just cracked me up. Absolutely cracked me up. Now, we go, we go, I don't remember where me and Steve went. We went to, I think, Buck Creek um, Dam, I believe. And we're sitting there, and me and Steve almost knocked each other out. Not intentionally, you guys. But we were both laughing so hard at this next song. We were laughing hysterically because we thought of COVID-19. Play The Thing by Phil Harris. Here's The Thing remastered by Phil Harris. <laughs> this is funny as hell. It is, but it ain't. Walking down the beach one bright and sunny day, I saw a great big wooden box floating in the bay. Uh -oh. I pulled it in and opened it up, and much to my surprise, ooh, I discovered it. Right before my eyes, ooh, I discovered it. Right before my eyes, I picked it up and ran to town as happy as a king. I took it to a guy I knew who'd buy most anything. But this is what he hollered at me as I walked in his shop. Oh, get out of here with that. Before I call a cop. Oh, get out of here with that. Before I call a cop. I turned around and got right out of running for my life. And then I took it home with me to give it to my wife. But this is what she hollered at me as I walked in the door. Oh, get out of here with that. And don't come back no more. Oh, get out of here with that. And don't come back no more. Yeah, it's like, get away from me. Get that thing out of here. 
I wandered all around the town until I chanced to meet a hobo who was looking for a handout on the street. He said he'd take most any old thing. He was a desperate man. But when I showed him the... He turned around and ran. When I showed him the... He turned around and ran. I wandered on for many years, a victim of my fate, until one day I came upon St. Peter at the gate. And when I tried to take it inside, he told me where to go. Get out of here with that. And take, take it, it down, down below. below. Get out of here with that. And take it down below. The moral of the story is if you're out on the beach and you should see a great big box and it's within your reach. Run. Don't ever stop and open it up. That's my advice to you, cause you'll never get rid of them, no matter what you do, oh, you'll never get rid of them, no matter what you do. Yep. Doesn't that fit, y'all? Doesn't that fit? We're not going to get rid of it, no matter what we do. I mean, that song is funny as hell, but on a serious note, we're not going to get rid of COVID. It's not going to happen. There are vaccines or whatever it's not going anywhere it's just mutating and doing weird shit we're not gonna get rid of it just saying i'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news and be a negative dipsy downer but uh it's not going anywhere and just hearing that song it just cracks me up i mean it's funny but on a serious note though i mean it's it's you it's almost scary it's it's so parallel that's what's scary about it now this next one i heard it a month ago november 15th the night after the blue leaves concert i heard this next song and this was a song let's just say if i would have heard it as a teenager i would not have gone places that i went with a certain individual no names mentioned because let's just say their hubby had a gun uh, yeah, mm-hmm, um, but yeah, so, mm-hmm, this next song has been haunting me since November. Play the snakes crawl at night. You'll see what I meant by sneaky snake hiding in the shadows. Shadows slip away 
song is creepy <laughs> now this song right here we all could say this we all want to break up with 2020 how about it how about we just how about 2020 we just yeah time for us to all to fly how about it play time for me to fly by reo speedwagon Amen. 
No, it don't. It don't hurt. 2020 can die. 2020, we say goodbye. We don't have, we don't hurt. On that note, goodbye 2020, hello 2021.